Weekly Signals. Join me, Mike Hasper, and Nathan Callahan for the best in reality-based radio. That's Weekly Signals. Check out the website at weeklysignals.com. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's a local attorney and certified information privacy professional. She's the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, From Victim to Victor, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. She's testified many times in Congress and the California Legislature on privacy and identity theft issues. And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash privacypiracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today? Well, our show is about inspiration and privacy today, Lloyd. As you remember, I told you that I took this class called Beyond Limits, and one of the wonderful people in my class who I got to know was Deanna Collins. And after 10 weeks of a class together, I was so inspired. I said, Deanna, I'd love to have you on my show. And she agreed. So I'm excited that today she's going to be on my show. And I want to tell you a lot about her, or a little about her, and then you'll learn a lot more about her when when our questions are answered. But Deanna Collins has been a paraplegic since birth, and this was from a hemorrhage in her spine, which left her paralyzed from the chest down. Deanna has spent the past 35 years researching resources, volunteering with prominent organizations in her community, educating, advocating for living independently and living life to its fullest. And this is all in preparation for her current project of Ultimate Access with Deanna Collins, a TV show. Deanna Collins is the creator, co-producer, and host of Ultimate Access with Deanna Collins. She aims to inspire, empower, and open doors to living an adventurous, healthy, and confident life for those who have disabilities. Her TV show, currently in development, covers a range of topics from sports and travel to dating and innovative technology, including the resources to get involved. Finally, she looks toward bringing a better understanding that disability takes on many different forms, and no one should ever underestimate what anyone can accomplish. And Deanna has a great website that shows how she surfs and skis and does all these things while still being a paraplegic. So visit Diana's, uh, Deanna's website at ultimate accessmedia.com. Deanna, thanks so much for joining me on the show. I'm happy to be here. Well, thanks you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> so you have a website called Ultimate Access. Tell yes. us about that website. What will we find there? Well, um, it's about inspiring and empowering people to live an adventurous, healthy, confident life with a disability. Um, it has a blog there that I've written 
about my adventures in surfing and going to the Abilities Expo and um, a little information, of course, about me. <laughs> yes. And where I've come from, but basically um, a web version of my television show that I'm currently currently developing. <laughs> well, that's so exciting because I remember when you went to the Paralympics. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But mm-hmm. So how did you get yourself up after your, you know, being born with this disability? How is it that you were able to learn to surf and do all these activities? Um, you know, I think it's always just been about being brought up that way. My parents never, you know, discounted me or um, treated me any different than my brother and my sister. It's like, if you wanted to do something, go ahead, figure it out. You know, you can do whatever you want to do. Um, we're not going to, they didn't coddle me or, you know, treat me any different than anybody else. And they didn't limit you, so no. you thought you could do it, and you could. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had all of their support, so it was like nothing different, you know. And, and like they say, see it and you'll believe it. Yeah. And so you Definitely. did. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so when I talk to you about disability as a person with a disability, mm-hmm. what what is the term you prefer? You know, I think I want to be politically correct. I want to mm-hmm. be... Um, sensitive. So how do you, how should we talk about persons who have disabilities? You know, it's such a hard answer and it's been, you know, something that's been bantered about for so long about, you know, what's the good way of saying disability? There really is no great way of talking about a disability, but the main thing is to put the person first. Um, Always say it more with a person with a disability instead of a disabled person. Ah, okay. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, Deanna, I believe that everybody has disabilities. Yes. <laughs> and, and you know, some of them are physical, some of them are mental, some of them are emotional. Right. And, you know, I could list off tons of disabilities that I have as well. So <laughs> disability, you know, not able to do certain things. And I'm I'm certain that all of us have that. And I mm-hmm. think when we recognize, like you said, that look at the person first and then, then you know, the challenges that they may have in their lives. Right, right. And I've always felt that way too. It's like disability, our disability, our physical disability, it's just more visible. It's yes. just right there in front of your face. <laughs> right. Can't hide it. <laughs> right. And I know you're a spiritual person. We were so, we had such fun taking that class together and, mm. and, you know, all of us, I really believe this and, and I I don't know if you do, but I would think you do too, that all of us come into this incarnation Mm -hmm. for a purpose. And whatever it is that when we learn what our disabilities are and we overcome those disabilities or we deal with those disabilities positively, then that was our purpose. You know, I can Mm -hmm. see just from what you want to do, God has a purpose for you to to do this wonderful thing that you're planning to do and that you're in the middle of doing as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and it's true. I've always felt that way. You know, it, um, my disability came about because of um, doctors not um, trying to do a cesarean. And because I came out breech, um, they should have either tried to turn me around or done a cesarean. And these were all Ivy League doctors. And just the miscommunication that happened there and all that happened, it just, it seemed to me 
um, there's a purpose. There's a reason that, you know, I'm this way. Yes. And, um, and a long time ago, I didn't know what that was, but I still knew that there was something greater that I was supposed to be doing. And then when this, when it hit me to do this television show, I'm like, this is what it is. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's so great. You know, like, to, you know, when, when people say something that, you know, if people are in an accident and then they have a physical disability afterwards, you know, if they say, poor me, you know, instead of saying, why me? What am I chosen to do? What, what am I supposed to learn from this? And you are such a wonderful example of this because you're taking what has been your lot in life and, and you're making a beautiful mosaic out of it and so that's really inspiring for me Deanna it's wonderful (laughs) well thanks and that's you know that's really a big scope of what the show is about is inspiring those people that are newly injured to see that you know life hasn't ended it's only changed and there's still tons of life to be led you know there's still so many things to do and you know to find out about in your new life is is really the scope of the show. Right. So, you know, I saw a little glimpse of the show when you brought it to class and you and that was so great. So so tell us the the whole concept. How how is it going to be? How is how does it work? Um well, it's a lifetime magazine show. Um I'd like to say it's kind of a mix between Access Hollywood and Dateline. <laughs> I um, love it. <laughs> So, um, and it would cover different topics like sports and travel, like you were talking about in the intro, you know, sports and travel, innovative technology, the research that's happening. There's always updates on, you know, the stem cell research and things like that to to cure um, spinal cord injury. Um, And, of course, there's family issues, you know, dating and being a couple that's, got a person with a disability there's you know there's different things that have to be dealt with in those areas <laughs> exactly so, so it, it really covers the range and then uh, i also want to do a nonprofit spotlight because there's so many wonderful um organizations out there that don't get the advertising because they don't have the money right um and you know, people benefit from these organizations, but they just don't know about them. Exactly. But if we were to spotlight them, they would get, you know, it would help them to, with their donations, but also with, you know, bringing the people that could really use their services. Right, <laughs> just to, you know, to let them know that these services are all about what they're out there doing. Exactly, exactly. And so overall, your hope to accomplish is, is, I would think, kind of twofold. One is to help the the people who are uh, just maybe newly disabled or people who have been disabled for a long time and, and are not inspired, mm-hmm. but also really to educate the people who don't have physical disabilities. Exactly, exactly. Um, you hit it right on the head. Um, it is for the newly disabled, but, you know, and even I've been being disabled for my life. I'm still looking for the things, you know, things to do, different things to try. And, you know, if there's something I could be missing, I think a TV show it might show that to somebody also. And then, of course, like you said, you know, educating the general public. Um, 
on what disability is because there's so many different kinds of disability and, you know, ranges. It's just amazing, and I think there's kind of a general view of what disability is that... Um, that's basically wrong. Yeah. That <laughs> and that's what we need to be opened up a little bit to the variety that's really out there and that we really are all the same. We all want the same things in life. <laughs> exactly. And that's why I feel so pleased to have you on the show because I think this is, you know, very similar to what you want to be doing on your TV show. Mm-hmm. Yes. Definitely. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, I was thinking, and it, this is interesting because Alyssa and I and Amanda were talking and we were just so inspired by all the wonderful things you're doing and we're really excited about it for you. And then we wondered, and I just wonder, the fact that you were born with this, or not born with it, but after you birthed, that this happened to you. So uh-huh. you grew up with this, and thank God you had parents that encouraged and yeah. never let you think that, that you couldn't do what you wanted to do. But how do you think it is different having a disability from when you're a tiny baby to having it happen to you when maybe you're in your teens or sometime later? Well, um, for me, I don't know necessarily what it is I miss, what I would, what I'm missing. Basically, I haven't had that experience of walking or running or, um, you know, some of the other things that able-bodied people have experienced. Um, riding a two-wheel bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but somebody that's actually experienced that, they know what it was like and you know it seems like a lot of people that have been disabled um were disabled doing some type of activity like skiing or um or a car accident or a car accident but what i'm i'm i mean is somebody that's really active like surfing or um skiing or something like that so they know what it was like to actually do that in an able-bodied way. I gotcha. Uh-huh. Where they're learn, they're having to, you know, they may have initially felt like, well, I'll never be able to do that again. Right. And um, having been so active like that, it, it's probably very jarring. Right, right. Um, it's, it's a loss that they have. Right. Yeah, the expectation and then the loss, right. but you didn't have it before. So they feel maybe that this is something that, now I can't do this because right. I was doing this before and now I can't do this. Right. And then, you know, and there may be that trepidation. Okay, yeah, there's this other way to do it, but they feel kind of um, like their self-image is a little damaged because, oh, I got to use this equipment now or I have to, you know. Right. Those kinds of things could be barriers for them. Right, right. Where I'm just used to it. <laughs> like, right, That's right. life. Yeah. That's what I've been doing my whole life. So right. So it's kind of a different me. acceptance. You've had to accept it since from the very beginning. From the get go. Yeah. And they have to, after having that available to them, now they have to accept what isn't. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So accept it and move forward. Right. And, you know, we have so many of our poor guys coming back from Afghanistan and yeah. Iraq who have no legs or or all the things that have happened to them. So here they were, you know, fighting for our country and they come back and they're in a very uh, challenging way and and they feel losses all over the place as well. Yeah. And uh, so I think that this would be really inspiring for them as well to, to see your show and even be a part of it. 
you yeah, know? Definitely. Definitely. I'm sure they're, you know, it's like they've gone through so much already and then to come home and have to go through so much even more. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, to have their world open back up, it would do, it would be very, um, I don't know what to say. A very positive situation <laughs> yeah. for them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it would be, it would be really inspiring for them as well and r- really help them to, you know, release because a lot of them come back with post-traumatic stress disorder and lots yeah. of depression, you know, from what they've seen over there, their buddy's dying and their buddy's getting hurt. So yeah, right. it's, it's a rough situation. So I could just see your show reaching out to them and would yeah. be really inspiring that too, you know, even to put your show in the VA hospitals. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's why I'd like to have it on. Um, that's why I thought of television is because what are you doing in rehab when you're not, you know, in physical therapy or something like that? You're, you're in your room probably and watching TV. Exactly. And why not get that inspiration, that empowerment from the very beginning? You know, it's kind of like having that person there that's like you or like you are now. Showing you the way. You know, showing you the way, helping you through it, you know, giving you the, you know, the inspiration like, oh, maybe things aren't so bad. (laughs) Right. If they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and maybe they go into that physical therapy the next day a little more motivated, a little more, you know, excited about what's ahead of them. Right, right. Willing to take the next step. Right. So, Deanna, you know, you were saying that all your life you knew that there was some purpose for you, but you didn't know what. What exactly was the point where you got that inspiration to create the show? What was it? Do you remember? Um, there was. It was a culmination of a few things. Um I had had a temporary issue with my health that I had, you know, first they didn't know what it was, went to a bunch of doctors, didn't know how to handle me, my situation, Um, and then finally get to a doctor that understands it and says, oh, yeah, this is a typical typical issue for people with your disability. It's like, well, you know, I wish there was some great place to find this information. I wish that... You know, I would have known to kind of look out for, you know, or be aware of what these symptoms were. Right. You know, so Instead I Instead of even, going to 10 different doctors. <laughs> yeah, spending all that time, all that money, um, all the insurance money. <laughs> right. Um, to find it all out. And, you know, just trying to find things day to day, information on traveling and information on, you know, the different sports and groups and all that stuff. It just, you know, and even with the the Internet, there's so much out there that it's overwhelming, yeah. but you know, you do a search and you get all kinds of different disabilities. You get all kinds of different, you know, things back, links that don't work. It's like, there's got to be an easier way. Plus, you know, you don't know what's fraudulent and what isn't fraudulent exactly. and, what's, and what are the you best. You don't know what's reputable. Yeah. You don't know what's really reputable or, or really responsible and, and all that. Yeah. So yeah. Or yeah. what, what, you know, what groups are really great? What ones, you know, kind of could use a little work <laughs> right. in their in their presentation? But, you know, I'm like, there's got to be an easier way. And, you know, inspiring people to do it, you know, because if, if you're new to being disabled and you're depressed and things like that, you're not motivated to dig through all that right. on the Internet either. Right. Um, or find the magazines and doctors in rehab 
their only their main focus is to just get you to a point where you can go home. Right. They get aren't your body. Interested get your in body. Your yeah. life after. Right. The hospital. Uh huh. Um, so I just and I had kind of initially thought of doing a nonprofit, and I'm like, but then you have the whole problem of. People don't know about you. How do you get all that marketing out? <laughs> right. Then you get a website that, that nobody knows if you're yeah, good or then not. Then <laughs> you're part of the whole thing. You know, you're part of that again. Exactly. So I was like, it's got to be a TV show. It's got to be, you know, easy and, you know, accessible to everybody. And what's easier than turning on a TV? Exactly. <laughs> We're if doing it already anyway. We're always surfing the guide to find something great to watch. Yeah. Um, and like you said, those who are newly disabled are are confined to a bed, and that's their entertainment yeah. most of the time. So, you know, you're right. right on. It makes a lot of sense that after you said, wait a minute, there has to be something better than you, you thought yeah. of it. It's great. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> now, I know that you recently went to the Paralympics yes. for the show. Yes. And first, maybe you should explain what the Paralympics are. Mm-hmm. So people may not know the difference between like the Special Olympics and the Paralympics. And mm-hmm. and so why don't you explain that first? Um, the Paralympics are basically the Olympics for people with physical disabilities. Um, there was recently a more distinctive um, uh, a more distinct what's the word I'm looking Clarification for? Clarification or yeah, explanation uh-huh. that it was specifically physical disabilities, where Special Olympics is now specifically for the mentally um, disabled. Right, right. And so the Paralympics are, there's basically, for the Winter Olympics, there are about five events, mostly skiing, there's hockey, um, and curling. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's such a funny sport, curling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's argument whether or not that's really a sport, but yeah, we yeah. won't go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they have it in the regular Olympics, too, so, you know, yeah. it's just a weird sport. Yes. Yeah. So, okay, so they have that, and, and you got a press pass, I remember. Yes, I got my media access to all the events. And I saw, actually, you showed us some clips of what... Uh, who you interviewed, that really cute guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that was inspiring, who you talked to. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, um, the cute guy was Chris Waddell. He's the first paraplegic to summit Mount Kilimanjaro. Mm. And just previous to me interviewing him, he was inducted into the Paralympic Hall of Fame for his um, alpine sit skiing. Wow. And because he's, I believe he's the most decorated um, alpine sit skier. Wow. And um, he's just, he was very inspirational to me um, because we had a lot of the same viewpoints. And he has a presentation that he's going around the country with called um, Name Tags. And it's Name Tags? Name Tags. Okay. And it's basically talking about the labels that we put on other people and on ourselves. Um, and it's just, it was, it's a very inspiring presentation that he gives um, about not labeling people and looking at ourselves 
and, you know, treating people the way that they should be treated, you know, treating people the way that we want to be treated. Right. Um, and not labeling them because they have a disability or because they have some kind of shortcoming. Um, so, fi- so physically challenged would be better than disabled. Disabled is kind of negative, like you're not able. Yeah. Where, where, where he's basically saying, in fact, you are able, but you do yeah. it differently. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's so, neat. Yeah, he was he was really interesting to talk to. I mean, he's gotten he's into so many things, um, like the climbing and the um, and his skiing, of course. And is he a para, He's a paraplegic. Yeah, he's a paraplegic also. And do you happen to know when he became a paraplegic? What time? When in his life? Um, I believe it was in his late teens. Oh, okay. That he was injured, yeah. And that was, he was actually injured skiing. Oh, so he is an inspiration for those who were into sports. And about how old is he now? He's in his 30s or something? He's, I think he just turned 40. Okay. Um, Yeah, because when he, it was his birthday when he he, um, summited Mount Kilimanjaro. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And I believe it was his. 40th. I hope I'm not aging him. Oh, yeah, I hope not, too. <laughs> no one wants to be aged. Well, let me just, for those who are driving by and listening, I want them to know who I'm talking to right now. I am talking with Deanna Collins, who has been a paraplegic since birth, but she does not, she is definitely not disabled. She may have some physical challenges, but boy, she can overcome them. And she has spent many years researching resources, volunteering with prominent organizations, educating, advocating for living independently and living life to its fullest. And she is in the process of getting her TV show going called Ultimate Access with Deanna Collins. And I can tell you from seeing the first prototype of the show, it is going to be absolutely incredible. So you're hearing it first here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. You're listening to Privacy Piracy, and I'm the host, Mari Frank, and I'm so pleased to be able to say that Deanna is my new friend that we met in a class, and I have to laugh at the name of the class. <laughs> Beyond Limits was the name of the class, and boy, you sure could have taught it, Deanna, because oh. you go beyond limits, that's for sure. Well, you know, nobody does it better than Reverend Sandy. <laughs> I know. She is great. But everybody has their own ways about it. Yes. So we're talking about the show, and, um, you know, besides the, you know, just that gentleman that you interviewed, I know you got to interview some other people at the Paralympics. Who else were you interviewing? Um, I interviewed the CEO of International Paralympic Committee, Mm. um, which he had some exciting news about um, how the media is growing, the media coverage is growing. Um, They've secured, he said, 150 hours, I believe, of live coverage of the Paralympics for the Summer London um, Olympic Paralympics. Wow. And which is a big, huge step for us. Exactly. <laughs> um, we were excited this year just to even have, it was delayed and edited, but it was, we at least got to see the opening ceremonies on TV on a Channel 4 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a big step in itself, but now they're they're expanding that time. So that'll be fantastic. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So I know you came back really jazzed because we were in class after you came back really jazzed. Yes. So how did this, you know, opportunity to actually start your show and get it going, how does that affect you? You know, it just, being there at the Paralympics, I came back so excited because, you know, being one of the many people that with disabilities in one place. <laughs> you weren't a minority anymore. Yeah, we were a majority instead of the minority. And having the same, we all seem to have kind of that same mindset that, you know, um, that kind of we one. want to inspire other people and we want, you know, we don't want to be the only ones out there going for what we really want. Um, and that life doesn't end with a disability. It only has changed. And I think it was neat for you to be with a lot of people who were perhaps more empowered and mm-hmm. self-confident and yeah. realizing that they can do more than other people think they can do. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And just seeing, you know, these people, I, you know, even I kind of went there with the assumption that, okay, they're going to go down skiing and I had no idea the speeds that they would be <laughs> going down this hill. <laughs> I mean, they had um, there was a, there was a downhill skiing with standing people with disabilities, and most of them were either had like an amputation for their on their leg or um, maybe an arm or something like that. There was this one woman that went down, and I swear she looked like Lindsey Vaughn hmm. going down that hill. Yeah. And we're like, she doesn't have a disability. What the heck, you know? Yeah. And um, we came to realize, we talked to somebody later, this woman had one real limb. Oh, my goodness. The rest, her both her legs, and I believe it's her left arm that are all prosthetics. Unbelievable. She won every event. She won five events, five golds at the Paralympics, and she went down, the, and they were all skiing for time. And like I said, she looked like she was Lindsay Vaughn, how fast she was going oh. down that hill. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That so, is totally inspirational. Yeah, talk about inspiration. That that was it right there. And it mm-hmm. it's like, if she can do that, you cannot say anybody's disabled. I mean, she's got one real limb. She's she's one hill. you're going to have to put on your list for one of your first people that you're going to interview oh, again. Definitely. Oh my goodness. For sure. Now, for sure. you you yourself participated in the Special Olympics when you were only 9. Yes. Tell yes. me about that experience and what you learned. Oh, it was fun. Um I was um I grew up being on the swim team. Um and my mom found out about the Special Olympics and got me into them. And um, back then, it was the mixed disabilities. Right. the mental was, and the physical. Uh-huh. Right, right. That was before they made the distinction. Right. Um, so, and I won my all of my events. I think I won three blue ribbons. <laughs> first. Wow. And, of course, I was a proud nine-year-old. <laughs> yes, of course. And um, there was pictures of the Medford Mail Tribune back then. Um You'll have to put that on, you're going to have to put that on your website. I know. (laughs) I need to find that picture to scan it. Yeah. Um, But, you know, and then, of course, I was proud. And every time I, there was, 
back then they actually had um, not mailboxes, but you know your um, newspaper boxes, uh-huh. and they had the Medford Mail Tribune on the side, and I'd go past every house and go. They saw my picture. They saw my picture. It <laughs> <laughs> is so cute. And I was just, I was, of course, as proud as could be because I won my events. <laughs> now, so you don't have use of your legs at all. You only right. have use of your arms. So you right. basically were doing, were you doing the crawl and, the, you know? Um, no, I think I did. Um, breaststroke? Or? I think it was the breaststroke, but uh-huh. um, also in the swim, on the swim team for my the city that I lived in, um, I did IMs. I did, um, which is one lap of each stroke. Yeah. The butterfly, the breaststroke, the backstroke, and yeah. the bra- backstroke. Yeah. yeah. Um, and actually on the swim team, one of our meets, I, I did beat a girl that was physically able. Oh. And um, she was a little upset that I beat her. <laughs> Like she can't even use her legs, and she beat me. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that's the sorry. ultimate, right? The yeah. ultimate. Yeah, it's like I was. I thought for sure I was dead last. <laughs> so you were on the swim team with. It wasn't a physically challenged swim no. team. It was the regular swim team. It was just the regular swim team, and I just wanted to do what my brother and my sister were doing. <laughs> that's so cute. That is so cute. Now, tell us about some of your challenges that you do encounter, and what do you want people to know about living with being physically challenged? You know, I think the the main issue that I've come across is just the general mentality of what dis- what is assumed is disability. Um, and I think it just boils down to um, understanding that we are the same, that we have the same goals in life. Um, we all want the same love and competition and, you know, we want to be out there living life and having fun and being active as just as anybody else does. Um, and I think sometimes that gets, um, I don't know, I think it gets forgotten somehow. <laughs> yeah, so the <laughs> challenge or, is, is, is really... The, marginalized a little bit. Yeah, so the challenge really isn't in your mind. The challenge is in the mind of those around you who limit, who mm-hmm. wish to limit, or mm-hmm. who think that you that you have to be limited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, things it, like accessibility-wise, things have gotten much better since, like, the ADA passed, of course. Right. You know... Accessibility is much easier. Of course, there's those older buildings that don't have to be um, yeah, changed without, or yeah. or made accessible that you come across. But you know, there's always ways to get around that. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think, and that's and most of the time, it's just I think that people don't don't realize what's accessible to one person isn't accessible to another. Right. Um, right. And that's really hard to, to please everybody. <laughs> it is. It is hard. You know, and it's remembering to keep your patience. But, you know, it's it's really hard to please everybody. You can, you can try really hard, but it doesn't always happen. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, I, I've broken my leg once, and I, I realized then, and one time I burnt the cornea on my eyes, and I, I literally oh. had to be, I was blind for a week. and wow. And I was... Uh, 
if you could just imagine me with a stick in my house and my golden retriever on <laughs> tearing me all around. I mean, it was it was a real, shall I say, eye opener to to be yeah. blind for a week and then to not be able to walk and all that. You know, then you really understand to so yeah. supposedly like you know sit in your chair or, or right. walk in somebody's shoes. You know, it's right. just like a totally different experience and um and that's that's just you know we don't understand each other i mean that's it's hard enough to understand each other just mentally let alone what we feel physically you know which is true i mean unless it's happened to you or somebody really close to you like i've had a lot of friends even that you know have told me after we've spent some time together it's like you know i never realized until we became acquainted that you know, this doesn't, you know, this doesn't quite work, you know, to have you go to this restroom or this restaurant or whatever. I didn't realize until I was hanging out with you that the issues that you face. Right. And I think it's, that's very true. And that's why I think your show can bring that out too. Right. You know, showing you going with your girlfriends and, Right. And and what they're able to do, and then when they realize that and say, "Wow, I mean, it would be really a neat show to have them say, God, I didn't even realize." Yeah, that, it kind of puts a face a, to it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Now you make it real clear that being paralyzed or paraplegic has never stopped you from living life to its fullest. I mean, mm-hmm. that's so cool. You ski, you horseback ride, <laughs> you river raft, you surf. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, nothing gets in your way. So, you know, I understand your parents were really supportive of that, but, you know, there's something in you. H- how did you get to be that way? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. I mean, first of all, Dan, a lot of people don't do that who don't have any physical challenges. Now, you're my type of girl. I, I'll try anything like that, you know. I mean, I do those things myself, but but I have friends who won't do that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So how do you get yourself to do it? It's hard enough maybe for me without the physical challenges. You know, I I don't know. I get bored with my everyday. It's like, you know, and, I, and as a kid, I loved horses. And it's like, oh, that'd be so cool to ride it. And it always looked so neat. And, you know, just that connection. And I love animals and stuff. But um, I just get bored and I've got to try something new or somebody says I can't do something, it's like, oh, that's just what I'm going to go out and do because you said I can't do it. <laughs> now, how about when you go, like, to, to take a lesson with someone um, for horseback riding or you want to take a surf lesson or a ski lesson mm-hmm. or, or or get on the river raft? What obstacles or challenges do you find with the people who are the teachers? Do you ever have a problem with them? Um, You know, because... Like with the surfing, it was through a group that actually caters to people with physical disability. Oh, great. Okay, so then that that's um, the mindset they get it. Yeah, they know. Um, the horseback riding, I, I was the only one that was in a wheelchair, but she seemed, um, I, she seemed really comfortable with it. Um, it was just basically trying to figure out how to get me on the horse. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> which isn't easy anyway. <laughs> no. <laughs> Even if you're able-bodied, it's it's not a simple task. No. Um, but she was about, open to it. Yeah. She was really open. And, um, you know, in most of the things that I've done, it's been... How about skiing? Skiing was actually through a program at uh, Snowbird in Utah. 
Okay, did you do it? It's sitting skiing, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's an actual program. There's a lot of, in fact, there's one in Big Bear. Oh. Um, where you can um, make an appointment. And they have people there that will um, lend you the equipment to to use for, like in Utah, it was for four hours. I don't remember. I don't know what it is at, at Big Bear, but um, and Snowbird isn't an easy place to ski. I can tell you that. I've been there myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were. I heard something like it's the steepest um, terrain or something like that. I'm like, I don't know. I stayed on the buddy slope. I was right. There. Well, that's fun too. <laughs> And how about surfing? I mean, uh, how about river rafting? How was it with that? River rafting was my family. <laughs> oh, good. So the whole we lived on the river. Oh. So um, it was really I I learned from my mom and my dad and my brother. <laughs> oh, so you had <laughs> my sister. You had a team. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That is great. Yeah, it was. It's I loved living on the river. It was great. So your parents, I mean, they sound like very special people, or your whole family sound like special people that. Yeah. You know, they didn't limit you, and they didn't um, tell you you can't do what your sisters and your sister and brother are doing. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, how you know how is it that they were so evolved? You know, um, I think you would have to ask them. I don't know. Um, I know for my mom, she she said, you know, in the beginning, she was really worried, like, how am I going to do this? Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm who am I to do this? And right. she, and because it was so long ago, she was looking for support groups and things like that. And there weren't any, mm-hmm. there really wasn't much available, especially in our little town in Oregon, um, for support in that area. And she just, you know, she said, okay, God gave me this. And obviously I'm the right person to do it. So I'm just going to figure it out as I go, you know, what can I do? You know, Deanna, that would be really great to to have um, help on your show, even like a portion for family members. Right. That's you know, exactly to, to, what I want. That's yeah, what I to show them, like, you know, because you're, you know, you're fortunate that you had that and you had them being willing to learn and say, gee, well, this happened for a reason to me and I'm, and I, you know, I'm going to raise this child to be the best she can be. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I think that would be, that's really neat to have on your show as well for the family members to see what they need to be doing to, um, help the children to be all that they can be and, and have the ultimate access like you're talking about. (laughs) We're speaking with a wonderful woman who is very inspiring for me. Her name is Deanna Collins. She's been a paraplegic since birth, but she is full of vim, vigor, and life and has spent many years researching resources, volunteering with prominent organizations, uh, doing a lot in her community, advocating for living independently and living life to its fullest. And now she has got a current project of her new TV show called Ultimate Access with Deanna Collins, and she's getting that off and running. And you can find out more about Deanna at ultimateaccessmedia.com. And it's a, it's a great website. She's got a blog there, all sorts of fun things. And you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm your host of Privacy Piracy, Mari Frank. Now, Deanna, 
another thing that you do that that is a challenge for everybody is to do a lot of traveling. You've gone nationally and throughout Europe. You know, how was that? And what about finding accessible accommodations there? They don't have ADA, do they? I mean, what kind of challenges are are over there? Um, They have started an ADA. I I believe they have passed a similar thing to ADA. Um, I know for sure in London, and I believe it. Um, it's also in Europe. Um, you know, they have all these old buildings that yeah. are, that, I mean, I remember staying in buildings in Spain, you know, in Toledo where, you know, you have to walk upstairs, you know what I mean? You yeah. can't get to your room. So I just wondered how challenging that was. It's very challenging. <laughs> um, you definitely have to be creative and, um, yeah, you definitely have to be creative, <laughs> um, and willing to ask for help. Um, we went to Versailles in Paris, or from Paris we went to Versailles, and we got the train, but we didn't realize when we were waiting for the train until it got there that there's a bunch of really steep steps to get up into the train. Oh, no. And luckily there was a group of guys there from America, we could tell because the sweatshirts they were wearing, um, and we asked them if they could help, and they were more than willing to give us a hand and get onto the train. And, you know, even getting off when we got off at Versailles, it was like everybody in that train compartment was ready, you know, asking us if we needed help, if there was anything they could do. Um, that's I think that's the great thing about traveling, too, is people kind of are open to that. You know, they're open to helping other people out. Um, and, of course, you can pick out the cutest guys there to say, exactly. yes, you can help me and you can help me. <laughs> exactly. It's a great way to meet people. I was just going to say, I mean, one of the nice things about asking for help is usually when someone asks me for help, I'm more than happy to help. You know, you yeah. just don't know to offer. Cause, and that's kind of an interesting challenge, too. You know, when do we ask, when do we offer help and when do we not, you know? Um, because sometimes I see someone that looks like they're struggling, you know, like with a door or something or, mm-hmm. or anything. And I go, well, you know, can I help you? And I say really upbeat, can I help you? And sometimes they go, no, I'm fine. And I leave them alone. Mm-hmm. If they go, yeah, that would be great. Then I do. But mm-hmm. that, you know, when you talk about the, the kind of push pull about being independent versus asking for help, I mean, what do we do? What do we do to be appropriate? You know, I always appreciate that the offer. I mean, because if nothing else, it reminds me that, you know, the world isn't as, um, you know, the news and things like that make the world seem like it's such an awful, evil place that people aren't willing to help each other anymore. Um, that it does remind me that the world isn't as bad as the media makes it out to be, that's for sure. Um, but, and it and it just, it's nice to know that people are there and willing to help. And, you know, I try, I just try, sometimes I do, you know, accept it. And sometimes I just say nicely, no, thank you. You know, I appreciate it. But um, because I am so independent, most of the time I do probably say no, thank you. But I still appreciate the offer. Right. It's something that I still really appreciate. So, You know, I wanted to ask you, you know, since you've been around not a long, long time, and I don't want to have to give your age away, but (laughs) you have, you know, you have had this, the physical challenge since birth. Mm -hmm. And 
you've kind of seen the evolution of more accessibility. How is that? And what has been uh, significant to you? Well, you know, growing up in my small town, um, I remember there not being curb cuts and having to always have somebody with me to help me get around town and um, things like that. And we didn't, there wasn't a school bus before I started going to school. There wasn't an accessible school bus. Mm. Um, it was the first in the town. <laughs> they yeah. had to do it because I was going to school. But um, nowadays, it, with especially with the ADA and things like that, um, curb cuts are pretty much on most every corner. Um, and I believe that the school districts are even required to have accessible buses. Right. Um, you know, and getting just, it's nice knowing here in America that you can pretty much go most anywhere. And, you know, there's the facilities that are accessible or to the most part accessible. Um, and like you were talking about going to Europe, you really have to think about where you're going. I mean, you really have to put some thought into and kind of pre-plan what you're doing because, you know, things there, like you said, ancient, so old. Yeah, you go to Rome, <laughs> you, they, you know, they didn't have elevators in, in ancient Rome. But. Well, and their, their elevators are really for one person only. I mean, they're so small. Exactly. Everything there is so much smaller. Right. And stairs and, um, it, and I know here in America, especially since the ADA, it's, it's just grown larger and and things have gotten so much better um, where you really don't have to worry too much about the accessibility. And where you're going to go. Yeah, yeah, and where you're going. You don't have to do so much pre-planning. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, if something says it's accessible, for the most part, it really is. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about some of the privacy issues and disability. And actually, we have been, because we've been talking about sensitive issues that maybe people don't always talk to you about. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm real grateful that you're doing this to help educate. So what issues of privacy really affect people with disabilities? Well, I mean, there's the kind of things like... Um, with the various programs that are available, you know, either through the state of California or um, health-wise, your your social security number is out there a lot more. Um, and shared with all these different yeah. agencies, yeah. Yeah, with all the electronic, you know, medical files now and all that, you, you really have to be careful of who you're dealing with making sure that, you know, the, the programs that you're going through are reputable and things like that because your Social Security number is vulnerable yeah. to that kind of privacy. Um, but then there's also the, you know, being aware of your family members. Um, I've had a cousin of mine who's, um, who was receiving disability payments and her mother got a hold of it and... She never saw one of her payments. <laughs> mm. And so you really have to be aware of your family. And um, and then there's the general level. There's, you know, you don't have the anonymity like you would have as an able-bodied person, especially if you're physically disabled, you know, something that's more visible like a wheelchair or things like that. It's kind of celebrity in a way because 
people are looking at you. You're kind of not forgotten in a crowd. You you don't get lost in that crowd. <laughs> right. So, so you walk into a party and you're the only one in a wheelchair. So yeah. people are going to notice you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you don't have much privacy. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're having a bad hair day, it's <laughs> everybody's going to yeah. look at you. Well, people are looking like I often have people watching me get in my car just out of curiosity, you know, um, because it's not normal. It's not something that you see every day. Um, so it, it, you definitely have that kind of privacy lost too. Right. You have, so you are kind of like a celebrity, how they watch celebrities, whatever celebrities do. Yeah. 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 We just don't have the paparazzi taking pictures. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God. Who'd want that? At least that? not yet anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think that that would be, um, a challenge uh, for your actual physical privacy. That you don't have the same physical privacy that others would have as well, right? Yeah, at times. I mean, at times, but I think because I've grown up with it, too, it's kind of like I've gotten used to it. And, you know, I did go through a time where it's like, you know, stop looking at me. (laughs) Yeah, I would think when you were a teenager or something, when you go through that teenage years. Yeah, and that really was when it was, was in my teenage years, and I was just like, my God, would people just stop looking at me? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and and all teenagers go through that, but I would imagine yeah. that you would feel, you know, because when you're a teenager, that part of our, we want to be part of the crowd. We want to be part of the peer group yeah. and, and don't want to be singled out. So yeah. so that is, that, that probably was really a challenge for you. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, and at school too, it's like, even though I'm around them every day, <laughs> People still are watching to see what I'm doing. It's like not any different than I was yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that that is a question, you know, like when I see someone um, like a, a cha- physically challenged person in a wheelchair or with a cane, mm-hmm. you know, I look at them and I go, hi. But I know a lot of people look away, you know, but then we'll look back. What are your thoughts about that? I mean, how do you feel about that? Do you, you want someone to look you in the eye and say hi or... Wow. Well, of course, I think everybody wants to be acknowledged and um, say hi. I think it's also, I think it's kind of typical of society, though. I mean, you don't always go up and say hi to everyone you walk past. Um, but if you have a question, don't be afraid to ask it. Um, most people, I know for myself anyway, I'm happy if you ask a question. I'd rather you understand what what it is I'm experiencing than to just sit and watch and stare and, you know, and wonder and assume something that maybe isn't true. Right. <laughs> I'd rather the the question be asked and have you understand because I think that also takes the fear out of it. I think in some ways people are afraid, you know, of either, I don't know, maybe they could catch what you have or if it's, you know, or they're just afraid of, you know, how do I deal with that? I don't know. Ask the question. That's all you have to do. Yeah. So, so yeah. So if you're in a grocery store or the gas station and you're doing what, what you know, the real world stuff that you do every yeah. day that we all do, you know, um, so you don't feel it's an intrusion of your privacy when people ask questions about your disability, like, oh, what's the matter? You know, how did this happen to you? Or No, you know, I, I'm so open about it because, you know, I think it c- comes from, you know, the that I want the whole reason for doing the show is to 
educate people, and I think that's just always been my mentality, is, you know, I'd rather them, people understand and know what it is I'm going through than, like I said, to, and take the fear out of it. Um, when I was a kid, people would tease me because I wore braces, and, and it was only because they didn't understand. And, you know, I showed them how my braces work. I showed why, I told them why and everything. And after that, I was never teased. I was one of the gang, you know. I was running around with the same kids that were just teasing me moments ago. Right. Um, so I think that experience made me more open to, you know, if I just explain things, if I tell people what's going on, you know, then we're friends. <laughs> right, right. So what would you, you know, since you're going to be doing this on your TV show, you know, what do you really want people who don't have physical challenges that you have that aren't in a wheelchair, what do you want them to know? What do you want them to do when they deal with you? What are your suggestions so that you're comfortable and they're comfortable? You know, I think the best way to handle that is, um, you know, we're, we're like everyone else. Um, we want the same things in life. Like I, I said before, we all want the same things in life. And we just want to be treated the same. And I think on the side of the person with a disability, um, you know, it's, it's having that attitude of confidence, that attitude of, you know, I'm here and I'm enjoying my life and, you know, this is what I have to work with. Having that positive attitude, I think, also exudes and connects with the other person, and they feel that they know they have more of an understanding. You know, it comes off, it comes across. <laughs> well, you are truly an inspiration to me and all of us who were so really pleased to get to know you in our class. It was fun. I think we were all on the same path of higher consciousness, which. You know, we, we all have a long way to go with that path. <laughs> but at least we're there together, and um, and it's it's. I was so thrilled to get to know you, and I'm so thrilled about your show. And we are going to be looking for Ultimate Access very soon, and we're going to send everybody to your website. You want to give it again? Give it's your website? It's ultimateaccessmedia.com. Well, you are terrific, Deanna Collins, and we will be watching for your show, and I think it's going to be absolutely fabulous for everyone, not only people who have the physical challenges or who just got them, their families, but also all of us in the world to really understand each other at a higher level. So thank you for joining us. Thank you, Mari. You're terrific. Thanks. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. right here on KUCI.org, 88.9 FM in Irvine. And write us emails. Go to our website at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. Download our podcasts. Uh, listen to archived interviews right there. See our upcoming guests. And please write us emails. We would love to hear from you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Stay private. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.